Hello, welcome to Waiting for Game, a podcast presented by Melee Stats. I am your host, Gimme That Wheat. I have been seeing what Edwin is bringing to the table recently in terms of uh, glasses. He is now wearing glasses to Waiting for Game. And as someone who's worn glasses to every episode of Waiting for Game, I thought I had to one-up him and uh, got some sunglasses for this episode. But but let's throw it over to uh, my bespeckled co-host right here, my good friend, Edwin Budding. How's it going, Edwin? I'm doing pretty well, man. I'm really excited to talk about Battle of BC. There's been a lot of news in Smash over the last week. Um, we're going to be ready to jump into all of it right now. But first, I want to introduce our guest for the show. Um, he went to Battle of BC. If you saw the event, you'll know that he commented top eight and did or the last half of top eight and did a bunch of commentary for the rest of the event. He got to experience this great tournament that we previewed last week. I'm sure he has a lot of opinions on the way it turned out. But first off, you know, before anything else, Vish, thanks for coming on and and uh, how you hanging? Good, good. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, Battle of BC was really sick. Thanks for having me on this uh, on this show. Yeah, of course. Very honored. How <laughs> yeah, often do you, the... you guys do this once a week? Uh, we are or, or an officially kinda... bi-weekly show. Bi-weekly, but, okay. But we have been doing episodes basically every single week because there's always something to talk about. But uh... Especially now. There's so many tournaments. There's, there's so many tournaments right now. Um. Well, yeah, I mean, I really want to hear about Battle of BC. I want to hear about, you know, I know that you have a history with, of course, the Pacific Northwest, but even Battle of BC in general. Um, but let's, before we go into that, obviously there is something that we we kind of want to talk about just at the beginning really quickly. Um, I want to talk really just briefly about the uh, GoFundMe that's being run right now for Chillin'. Chillin' Dude is, you know, when you talk about people in the community, I think it's easy to... Um, just kind of take them for granted. Take a lot of the, especially the older players, older commentators, older, you know, um, figures. I think it's easy to take people for granted. Um, but Chillin' has affected Melee in so many ways for so long, for longer than most of the people in the scene have been able to uh, even appreciate it. Uh, so, of course, right now he's not um, not in ideal condition, and uh, there is a GoFundMe. So if you, if you have any money, if you're willing to support you can do so. Uh, the GoFundMe, if you're watching live on Twitch, you can uh, do the exclamation mark chillin' command. That'll bring you to the GoFundMe. And then also later this week, I believe uh, Friday and Saturday, we should be seeing uh, fundraiser tournaments from um, from Rollback Rumble, hosted by yeah. uh, Homemade Waffles. So before we get into this episode, I, I think it's really important just to mention that because we are, you know, we love talking about the community. We love talking about the players. But at the heart of community is is the the people and uh i think chillin is really emblematic of just the the people who got us here the people who continue to to make us what we are um if you talk about melee players i think it's hard to separate that from chillin so i just want to make sure that everyone uh is aware of that before we go and then you know of course we can we can get to the fun stuff we can talk about battle of bc and everything like that so um vish you've been in the pacific northwest uh did you were did you uh, grow up there? Was that like your uh, start life? Yeah, uh, my well, I guess I grew up in Singapore, kind of similar to where like my back, uh, my living background is kind of similar to Toph in that we both grew up in Singapore, and then oh, wow. like half of my life has been in Seattle. So like all my adult formative years, that's where I also met Toph too, like during university. So for for melee, yeah, pretty much Seattle was where I played most of my melee career <laughs> yeah you have uh you know 
melee players they have their life and then they have the start of their melee career they're like second life but that's that's, that's really cool so obviously pacific northwest is a big thing um in your melee career what's uh what's your connection been to battle of bc uh same kind of deal just because i played so much in washington we would actually travel up to bc quite a bit deer was telling me that i actually went to his first uh event that he ran and he said he was like I forgot how old he said he was like really really young like maybe 16 17 something like that when he ran his first event and we all just happened to be there it was probably like me silent wolf blade wise maybe ice band you know just like the the washington washington scene of like a few years ago or many years ago yeah yeah so we tend to go to bc quite a bit because we we didn't like fly around that much back in the day so any any place we could drive to like there or oregon we would try to go to those tournaments a decent amount. Yeah, there there seems to be something special about Battle of BC too. I know, you know, we talked about this before the show started. It's uh <laughs> there's a phrase that we use like a next year major, which is just like every time I see a tournament like this, I go, I gotta go next year, right? The it doesn't line up with with uh, what's going on this year, but it's like the atmosphere um, that that the tournament has, just the the experience is palpable even from me like sitting at my computer. Um, how's the atmosphere and experience when you're actually there? That oh, was really good, man. I mean, yeah. like Deer's events just keep getting better and better. Uh, this is one, I think, like like you said, uh, next, next year event. I feel like everyone that was there kind of had the same uh, takeaway as well, where this is going to be, Blur says this will be one that'll be part of the rotation now. Of he told me that wow. this year, and I, I I balked at that. I didn't. Yeah. It's crazy. But, uh, I mean, yeah. I, I agree with that. To be honest, I think anytime there's a Battle of BC or a Deer event, um, I would try to go because he does a really good job. Like everything ran on time. The city itself, Vancouver, is really nice. Like I think doing tournaments at universities is so clutch because there's yeah. just a bunch of shit around that you could do. The food is hella nice. Like you don't have to eat garbage if you don't want to or you can if you want to (laughs) (laughs) it's all about that option edwin i I know we've talked about battle bc before like we for a little bit have been trying to go to one of these um but yeah it's just like when you have events like that when you have an event where when people go they are already like scheduling the next year that's something that as an event you you don't want anything like that's what you want right you Mm -hmm. can't ask for anything more than that when i was at smash camp this year everyone said oh i'm going to smash camp oregon when it got announced and uh you know it's like when you're at a genesis and people say oh i gotta go next genesis that's the type of stuff you want edwin are we going to bet lbc5 tell me this right now i really want to i'm hoping that it's not a it's not a next time thing i really just want to go ah we you know we say so many of the same terms on the show. We always talk ROI. We always talk buyer's market. I don't say I gotta, ROI. <laughs> yeah, I guess that is just me. But <laughs> I want to bring up something else. I want to bring up what's in it for me. When I think of the biggest majors in Melee, I always have like an association with them or like a like a thing that I come to expect from them that I think separates them from the rest of the pack. When it comes to, say, Genesis, for example, I think it's pretty clear that the historical... Uh, the historical background of Genesis, the prestige of Genesis really stands on its own as like a Super Bowl of sorts, right? When I think of going to Shine, I know that the playing experience, the in terms of having setups, a lot of space in the venue, 
I know that that's going to be excellent every year. I think when you're an event that's trying to build yourself up to being one of the premieres, you have to have something about you that like distinguishes yourself from other tournaments. And I think what Battle of BC did as far as what's in it for the attendee is really, really, um, I think it's really fascinating. And, I, and it kind of shocks me that it made the premiere jump so quickly. But like when you look back at the the record, it, you know, this has been something that's been in the works for a while, right? So mm -hmm. like I, as far as what I heard about the, you know, Vish, you can speak to the attendee experience a little bit a little bit more than either me or Wheat, but like as far as there being setups that was provided, as far as Vancouver being a really cool uh, city and having and being in the university venue, you know, that that was great. I heard basketball was a hit. And obviously from from my perspective, what I was really excited about was who wants to be a millionaire being done in a live show on Saturday night. That's so right. it, it always it always comes back to me somehow. Right. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I, I mean, it was just a, it was great to see something coming from an event that was content based and almost like something that you would see at, at a summit, right? Mm -hmm. It's really cool to see an event and, a, and especially someone like Deer, like really take the risk of running something like that. And right. obviously, you know, one of the leads behind it, I'm biased and wanting to see that kind of thing at an event. But I think that, uh, but I think that kind of a uh, just variety in terms of, you know, not just the stream experience, for, but for people at the venue to be able to see something different, to see Melee in another light and another part of the community celebrated with history and kind of trivia and who knows what. I, I think that's really cool. Um, I would love to see that at more events. I, uh, But I think as far as Battle of BC being like, you know, that's going to be its thing. That's going to be one of its many things. Like it was the first is the first event to run like a live variety show of that that sorts for a live audience. I think that's really cool. And I think it it shows the kind of a risk taking and the kind of like mm -hmm. forward forward thinkingness of you know the, the tournament organizers part. So I I just think it's really cool and I would I would love to go to Battle of BC five. You know what? I'm gonna say it. I'm going to Battle of BC five. I will Ooh, wow. confirmed. I will choose to go over that over if, if it's happening in the summer again next year, I will go to that over Gommel. I'll go to that over CEO. I'll choose to go to that over another event. If battle of BC is come, happening around the same time, you have my word. <laughs> like one of your friends from high school is going to get married that weekend. You're going to be like, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting sorry. for game. I made up. <laughs> yeah. No maybe, take backs. Okay. Well, maybe, maybe that. Is there an exception? No, I already said it. Okay. Yeah. No <laughs> take backs. No take backs. You got to go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it'll be on like a, a Wednesday. Time. It's going to be like on a Tuesday, a random Tuesday or a Wednesday, and you're going to have to go. <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to Battle BC5. I won't lock it in. I'm not like, ever. I, I think I'll go to it. You know what got me is the Inception bomb. That was the, there oh, were a, lot God. Of, a lot of good things there, but seeing the pictures of the Inception bomb, I was like, I missed out. I've never really missed out. That's honestly the worst thing I think I've ever drank in my entire life. <laughs> it's it's it was terrible. I don't know why that was even a thing. And then everyone everyone just immediately said, "Oh, yep, we're gonna take it." There's no decision making process at all. Everyone was just down to do it. It was honestly uh, the worst thing. I, I mean, like we're joking, right? You know, this. I mean, it, hey, it sounds super fun. I did want to be a part of it, but like that's not a reason to go to a tournament. But it might be. It helps. Because I think location is so important when you talk about tournaments, right? Yeah. And when you look at uh I'm gonna bring up Smash Camp again because I think it is it is like a 
one of the golden examples of like what a tournament experience can be other than playing. Um, and we at Smash Camp, I saw a lot of people who I haven't seen at other majors this year um, who made a like they they wanted to go to Smash Camp. They made a um, made a real effort to go to Smash Camp uh, as opposed to like other open bracket tournaments. And it's because there's so much to do. You, you mm-hmm. like it's a cheat code because you find out oh i can like hang out with all my friends and i don't even have to play melee right you can just go to cool stuff together and i think uh having a tournament in a in a cool city in a big city um yeah it's uh you, you know you get the experience of the tournament obviously battle of bc was i guess a major right I don't, I don't know who's calling stuff majors i don't know who's like the body that says that but it was a big tournament um and then also had the experience of like every single time I checked Twitter, it seemed like something was going on. Aren't you guys the ones that decide whether it's majors or not majors? Isn't it uh, YouTube? Sure, it's yeah, YouTube. that's us. <laughs> <laughs> I say it's a major then. I think Edwin, so too, right? I think it's a major. Edwin, what's going on? I think it's a major. And I just want to say that if me and Weed agree it's a major, it's not just any two people thinking it's a major, right? Like it, it, it's it two of the leads behind the Melee Stats Top 100 all-time project. And I think uh, when you have an event like Battle of BC that's so stacked at the top level, that has so much talent at it, um, has so, so much stakes behind it, something we'll look back and remember, I think it's worth uh, maybe investigating this event as the first event in three years where we saw the return of Prime Leffen. We yeah. mm-hmm. saw this guy... Come back. We, we've seen him play exhibitions. We, did, we didn't know how that would translate over to a major setting. We saw him struggle a little bit. I had my doubts about how he would perform against the field. I was, I was, a, I gotta admit, I thought that I thought he was at his lowest since 2017 or so. And he came back and put a whooping on Zane and Hungrybox. He won this tournament. I think he's he's now one of like three people this year to win offline land like land majors. Um, I think it's worth asking: Is is this the return of Leffen? Is this the best he's? What? When was the last time he looked this good? And how quickly things change, right? Yeah, I mean, he looked really, really dominant. Unironically, I really think the dog, his dog, has helped him like clear his <laughs> mind a lot. I, I, it sounds like a joke, but I really think his dog is like a good reason of why he mentally was like way more in the zone than he might have been like the last six seven months you know i mean he's also been putting in work obviously and like just having like, the chic and things like that is definitely a crazy thing that it's actually coming to fruition but his mentality seemed really good just the way he was like talking about stuff the entire tournament it just felt like wow this is like a champion mentality right now you know, we, he's like giving, giving advice to people in like the vip <laughs> room you know it's just <laughs> he was just killing it we, I do want to ask you something since you're, mm-hmm. you know, you're notable for your Leffen optimism. Sure. I want you to, I, I want to break your heart actually right now. Oh, no. I want Uh-oh. you to give me the, what would a Leffen skeptic say about this tournament? If, if there, what, is there any downside or any way we should minimize the, you know, the accomplishment that he had of destroying Zane twice and just whooping down HBox again? Is there, any way that you can look at this event and come away thinking, I didn't learn that much different. I didn't learn anything different about Leffen. Is there any shot or is this an unambiguous W and a, and a boost to how you see Leffen? 
Edwin, this is a very interesting question. And as much as I love being called a Leffen optimist, the one time I didn't pick Leffen to win a tournament, by the way, <laughs> he, he ends up winning. I feel like every single time we do this show, we always say, who's going to win this? And I go, I think it's finally Leffen. And the one time that I, <laughs> I'm like, well, maybe I, I like literally said it on the show that I think Leffen's path is incredible. But I was like, I think I'm going to go Zane. Um, so am I even the, the premier left and optimist here? Who knows? But I will say, um, I, I think if you want to take this away from Leffen, which you'd have to be cruel to do so, but if you I wanted agree. to, mm -hmm. I think you would say, well, Hey, he's just beat H box. He's already done that. And like Zane, well, that's chic. You'd have to like, you'd have mm -hmm. to say that beating the number one player in the world right now doesn't count. Cause it's with a bad matchup. A matchup that that with which Zane has done like very well for his career. Um, so yeah, I, I think there's no way to come away with this and say that this is like mm -hmm. anything less than so I'm going to catapult him in the top three, right? We've because yeah, we haven't seen him versus everyone. Um, maybe if the seeds line up and he gets mango early, mango on a hot day, that's a tough one. We still haven't seen him versus IBW, right? He was the uh Foxito master. And then he lost the last couple sets to IBW. So we have seen more oddities to Leffen this year. We've seen him lose to Amso. We've seen him lose to Lod. Mm -hmm. We've seen him lose to Jay Mook, which I don't even know if that's an oddity anymore. But this really did cement that Leffen is able to hit this peak again. Uh, a peak which I have called, I think, the, the best peak in Melee. When he is on, I think that he at 100% is better than any other player at 100%. I think it's close. But when you see Leffen out there working, when you see an Evo 2018, Gommel 2016, Smash Camp, uh, Smash Con 2019, like he's got all these different. I think uh, it's so times. clean, right? Like it yeah. feels so. Like oh, Leffen can do this every time, and he'll be very difficult for this other person to be. I think that's. It really just it. looks like everyone's playing for second when he plays like that. Yeah, he like looks untouchable. He, when he three, uh, when he four stocked H box, and then like went into. Uh, grand finals it's like yeah what are you gonna do <laughs> like are you are you really playing to for first or is it just kind of uh, playing for silver at this point so i mean he is someone who we've seen him shaky we've seen ibw shaky like we've seen uh, we've seen a lot of players shaky recently so i'm not willing to say that like oh he's gonna get first every single tournament or he's gonna get top three from now on but yeah i mean he is in the conversation for a player who at any time is able to win a major. Um, and I think he's been like that for a while, but him actually doing it and winning a major, that's big for me. Vish, as someone who is there, someone who is commentating it, what did you think when you when you saw this happening? Honestly, it's pretty crazy, right? Like, we haven't seen Leffen like this in a hot minute, just like in the two while. tournaments you guys talked about, uh, Gobble and Evo, was where he had dominant performances like that. Um, it was... Like... You could tell the vibe was different, even for like the players, because even HBox, as he's getting four stock, you know, you could feel the <laughs> vibe of the of the top eight competitors. Like, oh shit, like Leffen is here, you know, like he like threw up his hands in the air, like, what am I supposed to do against this? And what are you supposed to do against Leffen when he's playing like that? Uh, yeah, no, I think everything was good for him in terms of like the outside of tournament things, because I think he is a. Uh, a player that, you know, if 
like the tournament isn't running well or like you know if he has like any sort of like food problems or anything like that it like throws a huge wrench in his game right and it throws a wrench in like a lot of people's games uh but i think battle of bc kind of also just really ran super well and all the other stuff i talked about was also really nice you know just like peaceful you know there's like a vip area so i think yeah if there's tournaments like that where everything is just going really well for him i think he just pops off super hard and i think we're probably going to see more of Leffen like this in the next few months would be my 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 feeling of it right because it didn't feel like this was like a one-time thing it felt like oh this might be a new chapter in the Leffen the Leffen saga right so he's going to be scary to see for the next few months to, to say the least i i hope that's true because when it comes to leffen i kind of feel like there is um there's always this question right you know is leffen back and i think the question has existed since his visa honestly mm-hmm. because what we knew going into those visa issues was that he was one of the best players in the world mm-hmm. uh if you looked at what it was it was ceo 2015 what the fox um FC return. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's just like that 2015 stretch was so good. And if he, if he went to big house, who knows if he didn't have any of these issues, you know, who knows what we'd see. And it feels like ever since then, it's been something it's been the visa. It's been the visa again. Oh, he's really into um, Dragon Ball fighters. Uh, Okay. Oh, he's an ultimate player, right? We've seen DQs. We've seen, uh, we've seen some bad performances. Honestly, if he's playing in another game, you're more likely to see a DQ than a really bad performance, which I don't know if that speaks to his competitive mindset. But um, yeah, so I feel like there's always been something getting in the way of this Leffen domination. Exactly. But it feels like every single time he does it, it's like, okay, this is amazing. Can we see more of this? Because this is the best part in the world right now. Um, so yeah, I, I'm interested to see it because what we saw at this tournament uh, I don't think anyone there could have beat him. The way that he was playing, mm-hmm. and the way that everyone else was playing, throw in some other people there too, right? I don't, I don't even think that that's, you know, I don't even think there are obstacles at that point. So it's really interesting to see uh, Vish, like you said, when you get thrown into other circumstances, right? A tournament, um, you're not going to have perfect conditions every single time. And that's part mm-hmm. of what being a competitor is. Mm-hmm. We, like, you're gonna get thrown into stuff you're gonna have to wait 20 minutes to play on stream 20 hey 20 if you're lucky (laughs) um there's gonna be a lot of situations that are not gonna go in your favor uh and it just you gotta roll with the punches Mm -hmm. leffen we've seen him do great in in times of like uh hey he, he did not have a controller until like friday or thursday the event so like we've seen him do well in situations like these but we've also seen situations that are less than ideal and he performed, you know, less than expected. So I'd be interested to see what's going on for the uh, rest of the year. Edwin, do you think, and I'm going to ask you because you are, I think you've been the first Leffen, uh, Sheik, Zane Marth enjoyer. You messaged me when they were playing before Slippy came out. Yes. It was the, <laughs> you were like, this is the best Marth Sheik I've ever seen. So I'm going to ask you because you are an expert in this field. How, like how easy is this going to be for Leffen going forward? How hard is it going to be for him to do this? How easy, how um, replicable are, is what we just saw this weekend? I think, I think it could definitely happen again. Um, 
I will say, I think the the fact that there are three sheiks at the top that Zayn has to now prepare for, mm-hmm. I think in a weird way that might help him a lot because he literally cannot avoid it. You know what I mean? And like mm-hmm. this is a matchup that we've seen Zayn like make look even, if not Mark favored at some points in his career. So I have faith that Zayn can kind of go back to the drawing board, come back with something because this is a you know this is right now a big hole right like regardless of you know whether he's strong at the matchup or not what the results are showing us is that this is a this is a this is an obstacle to for zane to really do the thing that we've been expecting him to do for about a year and a half which is to like have this really dominant uh number one run and and as we've mentioned on the show like multiple times you know we understand that this is somewhat of an unfair standard that we're we're holding zane to but this is someone that we've seen show glimpses of you know maybe when it's all said and done he finishes his career as a top three player right mm-hmm. so i think in a in a way the fact that um that there's a field now where he will most likely have to beat one or two of leffen plup and jmook i think in a weird way that that might force him to address a couple of a couple of his weaknesses in particular in the combo game i think there's i think there's spots where he's he's going for like follow-ups that are not real versus chic but they can but they can sometimes work if you catch the chic panicking or the chic doesn't know that it's not a real situation and i i felt like with with Leffen, uh he plays such a annoying style it's it's really like like Dreffen in 2022 but it's from like a very like a sharp like like an even smarter player like he he picks his spots so deliberately in Sheik Marth, and he like will he'll like wriggle his way into situations where it's just like an awkward spacing for Marth to follow up or to regain advantage. And if like Marth doesn't like immediately recognize it and try to reset, like he could eat a re- and he panics instead. He could eat a reversal and die, or or just get hit and get grabbed. Right? I feel like Leffen just like. The, the, the one thing I'll say he does more than the other two sheiks is I think he knows those situations really well. And he'll just be like, like where Plup might try to fight or Jmook might like run up and crouch or like play a mix up. I think Leffen is more willing to be like, no, I don't want to play this. Like I'm going to like, I'm going to spot dodge here twice in a row or I'm going to roll away. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he, he's able to, he's able to do the things that are just like really frustrating for any good Mark player in the matchup. I think Zane will come back and adapt, but do I think Leffen will be a challenge? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, I think what we saw yesterday, or me, I guess not yesterday. I think what what we saw last weekend could definitely happen again. Do I think it'll happen seventy percent of the time, eighty percent of the time? I'm not willing to say that yet, but do I think it could ha- happen half the time? Am I scared if I'm Zane? Is is this one of my biggest uh, obstacles in bracket? Yeah, I would say so. Vish. As someone who plays top thirty-two yourself, oh. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, how how do you view uh, Leffen's chic in that? It like, do you think this is something that he could keep doing? Yeah, I think this is something. I think this this <laughs> this Leffen chic is here to stay. Um, I think also there's just because, like uh, Edward was saying, there's other top chics, mm-hmm. uh, kind of doing doing things to Zane as well. There's so much knowledge and other things that leffen could try to incorporate in his game you know so i i think there's still like stuff that jmook does i don't think uh there's stuff mm-hmm. that jmook does that leffen hasn't quite added to his chic yet so i think it's still 
it's still relatively early for a Sheik, right? And it's kind of crazy that it's doing this well because he like started the Sheik for Marth thing like this year, right? Like last, like maybe last year to this year. Am I right about that? Somewhere around so, that time. I think it was a thing. I don't know when he actually started playing, but I think this started probably late 2019 as like an idea. Right. Yeah. 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 If you look at that set that they had at uh, at uh, Big House Nine, I think that's when Fox was off the table. But in terms of like him laving the chic, yeah, I think it was probably a 2020 2021 thing. Yeah. Um, they were definitely playing before Slippy came out. Like this horrible. Maybe maybe right as Slippy came out, but I remember well, like watching some of these insane like uh, buffer sets that they or like uh, just friendlies that they would have. I swear um, the quality of gameplay was so high though, like yeah. it was genuinely like amazing. I could not believe that Left and Chic like like he was really serious about it. This was not like a spurt. And like when you know when all this discussion of switching to Chic and stuff came up, I really uh. I have to admit, I didn't take it that seriously. I thought Leffen will go back to his Fox, like he's gonna do well. Like we've seen mm-hmm. him, we've seen him succeed with Fox before. He's, you know, him and Zayn had close sets where he eked it out. He had a couple, he had like two or three sets where it didn't look close. Leffen will go back to Fox. He always. Goes I mean, Zayn. If you talk about um, 2019, like when when he decided to blow it all up at the end of 2019, he mm-hmm. was up. Leffen was up on Zayn two one. He had he was able to eke it out in two sets. You know, he's able to win. And then he had that set that did not look close at all at Big House. But yeah, so it's interesting that, like, you know, he, obviously, there was a lot of thought put behind it. And yeah, Le- uh, I was called you Leffen. Edwin, you're right. When <laughs> they started playing, it did not look like it should be that good early on. So, like, we've seen it, you know, in tournament only a few times. Um, and you can say, hey, he's played it for two years. I think if COVID didn't exist and we saw him play it earlier, I don't think it would get results this quickly but it would get there pretty dang fast because the level that he was playing at these friendlies that they were playing especially once slippy came out um yeah i mean that just like insane insane marth chic uh friendlies and vish i think to your point like we have three top 10 sheiks if you want you know cheeks in the top 10 if you want to count left and chic and i think they're all different i yeah. i don't think that jay you know i don't think his uh skills are necessarily the same as plups and i don't think they're necessarily the same as leffins i think they all have stuff that they're they're better at than each other which is an interesting thing right because that means that it's like an arms race are these mm-hmm. sheiks able to to like create this mega chic this uh <laughs> you know put put all their best pieces together um or is it going to be zane who has proven to be one of the best players of all time already and has proven to adapt to matchups that don't work for him um so yeah, it's going to be an interesting thing going forward. I think that uh, when when we had the show and we talked about Left and Chic forever ago, I literally cannot remember what episode. Um, but I said he was going to lose at first, and then it was going to be sixty forty Zane. But I might have to go back on that because I I can see the year ending with Leffen's favor. I mean, the way that this was playing, I think it's Zane who's got to step up at this point. Uh, and speaking of Zane stepping up. So we have seen him when we entered this year. We saw him win Genesis, uh, and then he won Pound back to back, both in pretty dominant fashion. And it was kind of really what we needed after a year that showed that he is definitely one of the best players, um, but was maybe not the dominant force that he was online. So seeing him win two back to back majors, 
kind of proved that maybe the online stuff, you know, it's just a we're continuing that, right? Maybe he is one of the best players of all time. We've talked about it on the show about at what point do you consider this Armada level dominance? Um, and maybe we jinxed it because after that we we've seen some performances that are not up to snuff. Um, and when we talk about this, Edwin already mentioned it. We got to talk about it in a very specific way. He got second this tournament, right? He looked great in a lot of sets, mm-hmm. but when you are a player who like every single major you win, you are suddenly in contention for top five all time. When you're at stuff like this, when you're at his level, um, I think those expectations are different. So, Edwin, do you think Zane is slumping right now? Well, he hasn't won two tournaments in a row. Does that qualify for being a slump? I think for someone who we were willing to say was, you know, looking like a very clean pick for number one at the at the end of pound, yeah, I would say it's a slump. Will he win this next event that he goes to? If you ask me now, I, I, I got to say, I need to know what the field looks like. I need to know how many sheiks are in attendance. I need to know. Which wasn't I something need... we were saying before Genesis 8 or before. No, not, no, not at all. I mean, even even after Genesis, yeah, like you said, after Genesis in town, we, we had seen him beat J-Mook in two sets. We saw him take a set off Leffen. We, you know, even I, I think after those sets, we still thought that, like, eventually those two players could be competitive against uh, Zane. Mm-hmm. I know um, something Wheat and I have talked about a lot is that we got really annoyed at people for just sleeping on Plup in the matchup because of their set history, which yeah. I think, like, which I think, by the way, if there's one player who, like, the set history is just not at all, like, or it holds very little predictive value for how they do, I think Zane versus Plup was up there. Like, that, that was not, like, like, people were saying that, like, Plup need a miracle to beat Zane. I I never thought that was. True. It's not that strange. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's a huge stretch for to say that about. Yeah, Plup. That's people crazy. were saying like like he won what like three sets in a row or something. Yeah, like that. three or four or something. And then it was suddenly undoable. It, or it's like, come on, man. Have you seen Plup? One, have you seen Plup when he's playing uh, at at his best? And then have you seen him when he's playing not at his best? It's like very clear differences. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's impossible to watch Plup and go like, well, if he lost his Zane in the past, he was never going to beat him again. But but yeah, to your point, I mean, if he has those people who he's got to be worried about, it's a different Zane than what we saw. Zane a few months ago, we weren't as worried about these types of threats. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm going to be honest. There's like two things that Leffen does while like, I, I'm I'm not going to get into it like super into detail, but like, let me put it this way: if Plup like edgeguards like left and chic does 60 70 percent of the time he's winning like eight out of ten sets against current zane there's so many things that like there's like maybe not even so many things i shouldn't overstate it it's like a few things here and there that i think like plup could turn around or just quit like implement into his game that i think like specifically around the ledge and like edgeguarding marth that i think if he were to do that he would be Zane's hardest opponent in tournament. I think, like, like even watching their summit set, it's really funny because, like, watching Plup versus the other Sheiks, he just loves fighting a lot. <laughs> like, he loves running in there. <laughs> he yeah. just has a, he just loves, like, attacking from, like, really weird angles and, like, just going for, like, just kind of, like, right, playing super fast and, like, running right at him. Um, I think literally if he, he could keep doing that, but if he just improves his edge guarding and game around the ledge, 
he'll like become a, a kryptonite for Zayn. It's like so clear, like when you watch Plup in that matchup. And I think a field with him and a field with Jmook and Leffen, I, I gotta say, I, I don't, uh, I like Zayn's chances of getting to top eight. I like his chances of being winner side. I think that's a valuable skill to have in the current competitive field. But I, you know, I, I can't say he's like a dominant number one when, when there's just, you know, when he has these three players to worry about, let alone, I mean, who knows what we, we've talked about Mango on the show. Like, do I think Mango will win like four sets in a row versus Zane? Probably not. But do I think he has a great chance of taking any given set? Yeah. Like, so the, the, we're already talking like four scary people for, for Zane and Bracket. So is he slumping? Um, I'm going to say, yeah, he is. I don't know how long the slump will last for, but I think the longer like this kind of goes on, I'm I'm not certain that like he can quickly turn it around, right? Like I, but but at the same time, I feel like he almost like has to, if that makes any sense. Like it's only well, going to get hard. There's an interesting point there, and Vish, I want your opinion on this really quick. But so if if Zane does continue to slump, right? If we call it a slump. Um, does he ever get to a point where he is not the guy with the X on his back, with, the, with who has everyone's targeting? And does that help him? You know, right now, I think if if you talk to people, they're still triggering for Zane, right? Mango is playing Kadoran on his stream over and over again so he can play for Zane. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Leffen's obviously prepped for Zane. I think Zane is still the guy who every time you go into a tournament, you know, hbox is like talking to sika he's like dming sika for for marth tips right like he's the guy that you want to beat he's got the big target on his back um if there's a world where he's slumping if he doesn't win the next few majors maybe that changes and is that good for him fish what do you think about this it's also crazy i think we we have such high expectations for zayn that Getting second is considered a yeah. slump before him. Well, that's, that's so wild. <laughs> my answer, I don't think this is a slump. Yeah, I don't, but... I don't know if it's a slump, really. You know, I think it's just well, the I'm field saying... is really hard. Yeah, I'm just saying if we were willing to, uh, in the words of Dennis Dennis Green, crown his ass after two events, <laughs> it's only fair, it's only fair that, that we, you know, like if the standard he set is so high, right, right. By, the, by the same standard, look, look, I still think Zayn is number one in the world right now, mm-hmm. but I think it's a much weaker number one than what it seemed like it was going to be at the end of end of pound. And you know, by the end of this month, does he still have the number one spot? Does he still is he still in a good position to you know finish the year on a high note? I mean, we'll see, right? Yeah, I mean, if there's one thing Zayn definitely does is that he's he's really going to study the the Sheik matchup yeah, and like the the versus these players these three players matchup, right? And I think it's just, I think it's just maybe even like an adjustment period, right? Because I think this is kind of a new challenge for Zayn. Not a new challenge, right? Because these players have always been there, but they haven't given them like this strong uh, uh, mm-hmm. an obstacle as we're seeing right now. So it's it's hard for me to call it a slump because I think it's just like an adjustment time for, for Zayn to just really work on this one particular thing. Because again, he got... He got second, and I feel he got like second here. He got second here, and he did. He beat a lot of really good players, he beat some right? Tough like people. Yeah, like the H box set looked pretty dominant. Uh, he, the Omsa set looked really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, yeah, I think he'll, I think he'll still kill it. I think everyone is just the the, the margins are so small that like a slump is more just like the other person doing really well 
mm-hmm. rather than like you doing really bad, right? You know what I mean? Right, it feels yeah. like Leffen did really, really well as opposed to like Zayn uh, being on a downswing or whatnot. Well, it can, well, it can be, well, they, it could they be kind both. of feed into Yeah, they feed each into other, each other right? a little bit. And, and as we, we've talked about, I mean, like with Zayn, it's, no, I'll go out and say it because I'm I'm a Marth player. I want Zayn to to like have that Armada and like H box and and even Mango like style dominant peak because like we've seen that kind of Zayn come out. Um, mm. I mean, we, we talked about like Leffen having one of the one of the best peaks ever, but like as a Marth player, when when Zayn plays well, it's just it's it's beautiful. It's like he's so because I think he he has a very similar quality. I think to like when he. When he plays and like he wins situations, I think he's he wins them so clean. It's unlike any like Marth player like that that we've ever seen before. Like frankly, yeah. at yeah. that kind of level across all the matchups, I think when, when we see that, it's it's almost like uh, you know, people. I I don't know if his result. I don't think his results have ever reached this level of dominance, but it's it's Armada esque in flashes, right? Like that kind of like really dominant number one who like you cannot upset unless you're like. Unless you're this tall, right, or unless you're or this good, this right. good, right? Like I, right. I feel like Zane had that. Um, he had that man. We've seen him have that mantle for uh, for long stretches, and this year I think we, we've seen him uh, like, or at least just in the last two events, we've seen him like a bit more vulnerable, right? So I think mm-hmm. part of the reason why we, we have these expectations, or at least just for me, is because I'm a very big fan, and I see I see like flashes of that, and like. I for for me anything that Zane does, like whether he finishes in first place at a major, whether he finishes the year at a number one, it goes beyond just like will he be top five or number one this year, right? It goes into like a will Zane be the greatest Marth player ever in another year? Like how how much more does Zane have to do to get his name up there with you know your mangoes, your armadas, your hungry boxes to have this just like outstanding all time legacy? I mean, he already does have have that. Like, you, you look at the title count; like, it's it's damn scary. Like, I think he might he could end this year like he he could make this entire conversation null, right? Like, he could he could just win two or three more majors, and and you know, me and we will be sitting back here and talking about if Zane passed Ken already, right? Like, right, right. I, I think um, it's like you know, losing in the NBA Finals, you got very far. That's not anything to be uh, ashamed of. But if you're trying to debate Michael Jordan versus LeBron, maybe losing the NBA finals is maybe, Hey, maybe that's a tick on someone's uh, against someone. Um, Regardless, I don't think Zane is slumping. Um, Even if you talk about him as an all time player, it's possible that what we thought of this year, which we went into this with a lot of expectations from online, uh, and just from his pure dominance from other stuff is that we looked at it as, is this going to be one of the most dominant years we've ever seen in melee? Is this going to be him solidifying himself as a player who, yeah, maybe he's <laughs> it, like, we have so many majors and his ability to win them is um, I honestly think that even right now during his slump, he's still the most likely to win any major. Um, so like oh, yeah. it sounds it sounds like crazy, right? We have all these crazy things to say. But like going into the year, we thought that if he had a great enough year, maybe he's above Mewtwo King all time, right? This sounds insane, but this is just the level that he plays at, right? So it, it's hard uh to like 
it's hard to talk about this stuff uh without having like ground yourself in well he got second he looked great um and i will say i mean you talk about armada we talk about h box like we talk about this level of dominance i think that's possible because during their dominance they had thorns in their side um they they were able to overcome them but a lot of the you know ways that they were able to mitigate this and have like long term stretches was just kind of avoid them, right? You know, even during some of HBox's best years, Armada was really really good versus HBox. Um, so having someone who is favored to beat Zane does that mean Zane's in a slump? No, because I don't think I, I don't think that you know you have to be favored against every single person to be one of the best players in the world or or be you know one of the most dominant players of all time um it, it, hey if he faces leffen in every single grand finals from now until panda cup or whatever right uh then maybe it's a hard thing to say maybe yeah maybe he's not number one um but his the way that he plays versus the field if he plays cody in grand finals if he plays hbox in grand finals um i don't know i feel very good and i and we've talked about this he is someone who's persevered through all this stuff. I remember when he was only able to beat Falco and Fox, right? That was the thing we would talk about. Like, oh yeah, he you know he can beat Esfat, but can he beat Hugo? Um, which sounds insane. What did you just say? <laughs> yeah, what a ridiculous thing in hindsight. Like <laughs> what? I, the fact that like yeah, people are like, oh, can he beat Samus? Can he beat Peach? Can he beat all this type of stuff? The fact that we've moved past that and he is like the guy to watch if you want to beat ice climbers as Martha or whatever, right? He's the guy. Um, I think that really shows his perseverance and is able to able to like take these bad matchups or whatever and work through them. We joked about how, you know, he had a three or four set uh, win against Plup and how that doesn't mean you shouldn't count Plup out. Well, let's look at the opposite way. That doesn't mean that you should count Zane out. Because his ability to string those wins together is something he's able to do. And and I've talked about this before, and I think there was some pushback from whoever, whatever guest we have. But he is like Armada in the sense that wins over him are so much bigger than the wins that he has, right? Like, he is the, uh, he is the big guy who you expect him to win. So when he does win, it's less memorable. Um, so there's always more takeaways from his Zane loss than there is from his Zane win. So is he in a slump? I don't think he is. Is he going to win the next major? I don't know. I don't think it's guaranteed, but I think he's the has the highest chance going into it. Yeah. We let me let me ask you and Vish something then. As far as you know, we we have we have some events coming up. Uh, we have CO. We have Double Down. Then the Summer PGR is going to come out. Right? Got Gommel as well. We got Gommel. Yeah, of course. But um, so this is what I want want to ask you both. What would it take? for you to head into that summer, you know, ballot or whenever that comes out, what would have to happen for you to look at your final five players remaining and wonder if Zane is not number one? What would it, what would, what would have to happen for, for that? Would it require IBDW winning another major? Would it require Zane losing to someone outside of those three players? Would it require him losing to them again? What, what would it, what would necessitate, um, Wondering. him not being number one yeah i what think it would take a lot of tournaments right i mean he would have to <laughs> do like really bad at a lot of tournaments because i think even in the times where zayda's 
I, I really can't say this is a slope. I, I can't call this a slope. <laughs> okay. But, okay. but, but uh, when he's not times, winning. When he's not winning. It's so crazy. Him, yeah. like, slightly being not number one. Oh, dude. Hey, we got to pull in our Stephen A. Smith at some point, right? We got to. <laughs> yeah, it's devastating. We got to get clicks. Yeah. yeah it's yeah, devastating. Exactly. He's not destroying everyone. <laughs> yeah. So I think he's still getting, like, second, right? Like, he's still mm. getting, like, top five. Like, what did he get at Summit? Like, he's still. He's still he up there, you know. There. He's got yeah. fifth, right? And that's like probably his like worst performance. But that's still like in, in fifth a at a tournament <laughs> like that, right? So yeah, I think he's not gonna like he's not gonna not get a top eight. You know, he's still like of all the people in that like top five area. I feel like he's so consistent. He's still usually the guy. If you're a betting man, people will still usually go Zane to win the whole tournament. Mm -hmm. You know, if you ask anyone on any given tournament. So I think it will take a lot. He'll have to, like, not get top eight and then, like, have some really uncharacteristic losses, which I just don't think is going to happen, right? Like, he's at worst going to get places like fifth, uh, and I don't think... He'd have to get a lot of fifth places in order for me to feel like, oh, okay, this is, you know, Zay, maybe Zayn's not number one, right? Like, because if you got fifth the next tournament, I still don't really change my opinion that he's number one right like if he gets fifth at gommel or whatever or double down um what if, like, unless, what if unless he, he has fifth, like a sorry what if he gets like fifth at his next event but like cody destroys everyone and he like beats him in grands or he beats him in losers like what like that that's kind of the scenario i'm thinking like what if we end up in a scenario where it's like cody has two majors zane has two FNS2 or, so, or something like that. Right, right, like, right. Yeah. It, that's kind of what I'm wondering. It gets a little dicey. It gets a little dicey. I think right now, though, he's looking at... He still looks good. Yeah, like, I still what, think what, he's what, right What's the, the scores for majors for this year? It's like two to Zane, one, one to, to Zane, one to Leffen. One to Cody, one to, Cody, one to, one to That's pretty close. Yeah. The way that I hmm. view it, and uh, Fish, I think you're right on this, is that it would need to be a lot because... We're, we've talked about a couple different things. We've talked about um, how good Leffen is right now. Talked about, you know, is Zane in a slump compared to what he could be doing? Uh, and I think that all these are pretty different than a ranking conversation. I think they're similar. Mm -hmm. But when we talk about is Zane in a slump, we talk about him versus himself and his potential. Um, and when we talk about Leffen being great right now, we maybe talk about does he deserve the top seed going to, into the next event, right? Uh, but in terms of like a year review or a half year review, I guess Zane has done it right. Zane has put up mm -hmm. two amazing tournament performances. If you ask me what needs to happen is uh Cody needs to win two of the next three majors or Leffa needs to win two of the next three majors, which is because hard. yeah. And Zane has to win it is hard, isn't it? zero of the next three majors. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like when we, you know, he there's a lot of loss in there. Lot is a top ten player, but if you look at what he's actually been doing, it's what first, first, fifth, second. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a pretty amazing. Uh, and and he's got one thing on him that Leffen and Cody don't. Leffen and Cody are great players, but this year, like we've definitely had doubts in them. Yeah, definitely some ninth places from Cody. Right, uh, and, and like Leffen, you know, he had a that summit run which wasn't as great as i think people thought it could have been and same with pound where you know that wasn't mm -hmm. too great either hey him him getting eliminated early at pound meant that he was able to go uh, get kareem barbecue with uh, myself so 
it, maybe it all works out. No, but <laughs> but like I, I think um, when it comes to number one slots, you know, we we definitely rate um, wins. Like I I think that uh, you know if you look at the end of the year and Hbox gets second at every single event, is is he the best player in the world? Not in my mind because I Mm-mm. think he needs to win. Um, but like when you talk about people who win everything then I think you can go a little more granular and then look at the bad performances. And if you look at the bad performances, they've all had this year. Zane has had the least bad performances. So I guess, yeah, I would need to see Zane not win a major. I would need to see Leffen and Cody win two out of the next three. Uh, and it'd be helpful if Zane had a, you know, maybe he loses to mech, right? That make, that give me some thought. If he loses to mech, then I go, okay, Maybe it's best if we just don't call him number one. <laughs> like maybe that means that Mech doesn't have a number one win. Like the world makes more sense that way. Uh, I think I would have to change oh, my entire God. viewpoint of the world if like Mech beat the best boy in the world. Um, no offense to Mech, that's just like yeah, too you're much bringing, my brain to handle. bringing vicious heart right now as a Cabin Falcon player. Hey, Salt will do it. I'll let Salt do it. So for some reason, Mech being the one to do it. It's not even about him as a person. It's just like doesn't make sense. It, like my you brain... leave Mech out of this. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, telling you, we're alienating our, our Falcon main guest here. <laughs> I, it's like I can't understand it. I, like, everything I know would be uh, up in the air if he wins. <laughs> that's uh, that's your threshold for whether someone is number one or not. Yeah, it, does it make sense if Mech is beaten? Yeah. I if cool. Like I knew Salt was amazing at, at, anyway. Like. Like it'll ha- like salt is going to be a top ten player. It'll it'll just happen. And but like if Mech does it, it's like all the like suddenly you're thinking about like the universe we're in, like all the An existential crisis. Yeah, you're like, oh my god. <laughs> so let's say we're, it's like a big house or something, right? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. Me, you, and Ambi, we're out. We're getting ramen. Oh, that sounds fun. We're getting ramen. We've yeah. got our phone like up against the you know napkins or whatever. We're watching uh let's say we're watching you know slug versus uh kalamazoo or whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> um your ambi chime in he's like and then, yo and- i think mech is up 2-1 dude yeah so if he says mech is up 2-1 on ibw i think i'm like what but my my like worldview doesn't crash right if he says <laughs> if he's like yeah mech has to like mech's up three stocks to one like set point again it's zane i think it might inception starts happening and all the buildings start to like <laughs> like, like just my, my mind can't comprehend that that, that was kind of happening when he was he was kind of messing up jmook in their uh in their summit side i was kind of scared for a second i was like oh my god this guy's just destroying jmook complete this caught me like i've been following mech for for the year like i think him versus ben is like I, oh i think we knew about mech before the pandemic even right yeah, he was, yeah. he's been a player for, for a long time but i don't know why he's just the guy that's nothing against him. when he was yeah when he was up 2-0 on jmook it just completely like caught me off guard like i like i saw the world around me crashing it just i wasn't expecting it it's just it's like, damn <laughs> i knew this so, guy was getting better just that's yeah I, that is my logic that i will use to say that zane is number one player in the world right now <laughs> again is i think that... we just hold him to such a high bar like if, because we're basically saying it would be crazy if he had like a unorthodox loss right whereas it's not that crazy for the other players to have mm-hmm. a unorthodox yeah. loss yeah 
Yeah. I think it's yeah. a compliment to the hot. I just want him to be top five all time, man. I want Zane. I want Zane to have like another number one to his mantle, but like an official one, so that people stop talking about like. Oh, we do it. Best player in the world. I think he'd do it too. He could do it. I mean, even uh, I think a lot of you were saying this earlier. You know, like just the because we're we're saying that basically he might have trouble right now in the Sheik matchup just because of these three people, right? But there's mm-hmm. so many other times in Zane's career where I felt like, oh, he's has this one character problem. And he saw, like the like I think he had he was like losing to Johnny a few times. You know, there's like that that time mm-hmm. period where he, yeah. he was always him and Zane's like grand finals in certain tournaments, and then Johnny would edge him out. And then now he hasn't lost to Falcon in like a long time, right? Like yeah, think, yeah. Like it's it's been a long time since he lost to Falcon. So I feel like he could do the same thing. Um, yeah, I think he could do the same thing. I I think he uh he is still my pick to end the year number one. I think like I think so. In terms of him as a player, he's got so little baggage, right? Mm-hmm. It's and and I I hey I love Cody and I am apparently the premier left and optimist around these parts, but it's hard for me to say definitively that either will be number one at the end of the year just because there are so many situations that can pop up, right? There's so many situations that both of them have had in their career that it's like, yeah, they're, they could both end number one. That's very likely. It's also very likely that they end fifth or something at the end of the year. Just like the cards don't fall like they were supposed to. Um, And I don't know if I can say that with Zane, right? I think Zane, he's the odds on favorite to me to win any tournament he goes to. He's the odds on favorite to be number one. Uh, And that, yeah, like any, any way that we kind of like are critical, it's, like you know, it's uh, it's, it's critical like, of admiration. Like yeah. We, yes. Like it's because we respect him as a player, like so much, and we respect his accomplishments, right? Like he's like the way I see it. I think for from so many people in the field, he's just like like he is playing the same game as them when it comes to like you know his current standing and the competitive field. But he's also playing just like he's playing at a level of stakes that like you know like for me, it's very hard for myself to detach that from mm-hmm. from him. Because it's you know it's it's such greatness, right? I do want to um, I do want to mention one thing really quickly. It, I mean, we've been talking about Battle of BC a lot. We've been talking about Leffen, Zane. Um, obviously, um, you know, just just because we have limited time, we can't really go into everyone's performances at the event. But it was really dope. Um, the the other event, just really quickly, I want to shout out before we get into our um, patron patron questions is uh, I want to shout out Tipped Off Reunion, uh, which. Mm-hmm happened over the weekend uh we saw oh. we saw the uh we saw crudo have a, have a pretty big victory uh winning over winning, mech right uh, over over mech um crudo definitely a player if we're talking about like seeing a rising star on the on the pgr this year uh i i think crudo is someone that we could see i mean it's so hard to say this without the data in front of us but like i would not be surprised if him top crudo. 30 just yeah like in whatever that means like in the late 20s you know like i think He's just like really been excellent this year with a uh, on land especially. Crudo was Crudo. Am I remembering this wrong? Was Crudo had the win on Cody? Am I remembering yes, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Crudo did. Where was that? What was, was that? Uh, Smash World Tour? No. Function two. No, that was, function, yeah, function. I think that was Function two. Um, it's hard to tell because it, it's a crazy world where we're like, which weird ninth place did Cody get at a uh, at a New York <laughs> at, a, at a New York regional? Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, Crudo was there. Crudo also very funny. Apparently, uh, I was talking to Mikey. I was talking to the cheat. 
back when Smash World Tour was happening. And uh, like Mewtwo King had not signed up for a while. Mewtwo King was a very late entrant. Uh, I think like, you know, within the entry period. So it wasn't like he like begged to be in. But uh, it was really funny because um, I was talking to Mikey about it. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. Like part of me is okay with the fact that we are like post Mewtwo King as a like tournament society, right? Like it's it's cool in a way to not need Mewtwo King. And then I said, but part of me also thinks it'd be really funny if he did lose to Crudo. This was before he was even signed up, I think. He just like, he had a sub goal for it. And then lo and behold, hey, look look what happens. Crudo, Crudo like 3-1 Mewtwo King. So Crudo's uh, definitely got some some premier wins and uh yeah. yeah what's the the thing is you look at crudo a player like him he's got the premier wins and he's got everything in between mm-hmm. because he it's not just like a you know you get an upset and then you get 33rd because you you know lose your next two sets no he some hey beat kudora this year right <laughs> he's a good yeah. player um but yeah you know we, we were talking about uh We've got some questions for you, obviously. We've got some patron questions. So, man, we haven't done this in a while, and we haven't made fun of patrons for questions. Remember that? Yeah, mm. they used to give us like horrible questions, but lately they've been very good. It's it's hard to uh, hard to get on their case as much. As they used what's to. what's like the worst question you've gotten on here from a patron that you remember since you said that they used to? Uh, be bad? That's it's not for the stream. It's not. It's that bad. It's, it's that bad. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you when we're not live. Yeah, I need to hear this as well. I I don't know what you're talking about, but yeah, there. Well, it's usually I don't know whatever the stinkers are. We just usually don't pick them. But sure. I, not only that, we we've got a um, we've got a wealth of good questions. We can't even pick them all. But what what a Damn. what a change in life. But um, so we're gonna go from question superstar SSB Seal, Vish. Since you've been killing it lately as both a commentator and a competitor, do you have any funny stories of people under overestimating you as a player? No need to name names or anything. Underestimating. I think underestimating still happens. Uh that's insane to me. Like you literally have like recent performances that are good. Like yeah. even, even last year. Like that's in like I, I know I've been in the scene for a while, so like like obviously people like me and we know that you've been top 100 and stuff but it's not even like you stopped playing really like you still played for a while like i remember for my uh smash world tour uh west coast preview you were like low-key and the and the like sleeper pick for for invitee out of the uh out of the actuals you had some damn good results thank you thank you i appreciate it uh i think people just forget i think there's they they see the commentator side of it and so i think people just forget because you usually i don't know i mean i I don't know yeah i think people just forget is really the the only thing i could say um and i haven't entered as much i guess and also there's just so many tournaments right so i think it maybe it just kind of gets lost in the yeah the sea of everyone else's performances right because i remember my performances i don't feel like people look into it will remember the the performances but i think it's just lost in a sea of so many good players now that i don't know that's not it's not anything for me to feel bad about if people forget but ah any funny stories about me being underestimated mm. dang i'll have to think about that uh nothing really comes to the top of my head 
I think there's always people that come up to me at tournaments, like people I don't really know and will like challenge me to like money matches or things like that. And I think there were certain eras where it, fe it feels like they think they're better than me and that's why they're money matching me, right? And so I think there's a lot of pleasure I got out of, you know, like stomping random people in that, in that particular way. Um, I think at this tournament too, yeah, people just are surprising, surprised. Um, That's yeah, crazy. Which, yeah, I'll, I'll have to think about like a funny story because I'm sure there's something there, but I just can't think of anything. Sorry. Honestly, I think every like big commentator is underestimated. Um, yeah, what is up with that? We, we, we <laughs> you can't do about... both. You can't do both. You can't. I guess so, right? Yeah. Like we've talked to Brandon. It. We talked to Phil. Dude, slime might be underrated. That guy's Falco looked hella good. Slime, I think, is underrated, and I think even yeah. I do that to a certain extent, right? Because I watched Slime at this at this tournament with this with the Falco, and I was like, "Oh shit, Slime's pretty good." <laughs> so I don't know what it is, man. Maybe Dude, we all. Grace is no joke. That's a solid player. Yeah, when I saw uh, I saw his Falco. I the I was watching it. I was like so impressed. He was very good. I thought to myself, like, I literally thought, like, why does this guy play Falcon? Like, his Falco is so, like, this is a very smart, like, player. I couldn't believe it. I've, like, yeah, played Slime before, like, but, like, I thought that his Falco at this tournament just looked totally different. I was like, this is, I was like, damn. Like, tell him. Yeah. Now you look good. I mean, you look good. Stude is top 10 in Dallas, right? I, uh, maybe last he's season. He, he's, he's good. good There's, a, like, every player you see, you know, has done some stuff out there. Um, but yeah, we've we've yeah. got like a the old guard of commentators, you know, whatever you'd call it. Um, I think they're all slept on because yeah. I think all of you guys are super good. We, way back, we had an episode of Slime. This is the, the first episode he has been on in of the Melee Stats podcast, uh, whatever. Right? It was it was back when we had a podcast with Save and uh, Save was entitled Shoutouts. Um, yeah, we I like I mentioned how people don't remember IFC Yipes as a like a player right but he was probably at like a top five top ten marvel player right um of all time marvel 2 player and it's insane that people you know just look at him like and just say oh yeah no this uh this commentator oh he's mm -hmm. good oh, okay it's it's like having like imagine plop has an or hey here's a better example imagine hbox <laughs> hbox you know doing his all of his commentary imagine if he just became a commentator and then like three years from now people are like this Xbox guy was okay, right? He's like decent. Yeah, I think like if you're just the newer you are in a scene or the newer you watch something, you just know players for whatever thing they're famous for, right? And yeah, it's crazy. I think since you mentioned Stude, I'll say that he's also a lot better than I thought he was, you know? <laughs> and I think I do that. I think as I'm like saying all these out loud, I think it's like some something to do with the mentality of like viewing someone as this type of person and then not as a player. And so you just kind of, it, it catches you off guard, right? I think it's like a nice surprise. Because Stude is really good, too, playing him. Uh, man, I wish Phil would enter a tournament, though. Because I think Phil yeah, would actually, like, really solid. every time I play Phil, it's just like, holy shit, this guy's really fast. He's, He's got really a bunch good. of characters also. Which yeah. Is really I, I hope he enters a tournament at some point. Because I think he would surprise a lot of people. Like as, so I guess, I guess on a related note, then... I mean, maybe you could pick a commentator for this. But judging on who's asking this, uh, I want you to think very carefully about the answer. Uh-oh. Chape from Chile is asking, what non-top 100 player do you think will have a breakout performance? 
should I should I say Chape? <laughs> <laughs> is that what is that the oh, he's the, he's the obvious yes answer? Yeah, um, yeah. the obvious. Um, so is Pip uh, any melee stats player in in general that has not officially been ranked top hundred. Uh, not counting them, or and not counting players who have already broken out, I guess. Who do you think will have a breakout this year? Ooh, non top one hundred players. I'd have to, I'd have to look like a list of players because I feel it's like I. Yeah, Go, for a tough question. Go for my gut. Uh, I'll still say Phil. <laughs> Good <laughs> <No>. answer. <laughs> okay. All right. uh, someone who's not been top one hundred ever before, right? Because I think Phil's yeah. been top one hundred a couple yeah. times. Um. Dang, these are tough questions. Well, it's also tough because I feel like because of online, because of the lack of a top mm-hmm. 100, there's players yes. who we like, we know are top 100, but have not been. Yeah, it's Ackle count. Yeah, that's what. That's why I'm like, ah, yeah, there's players. You played like that, Zuppy like, this this uh, tournament, right? Like Zuppy's never been top 100. That's <laughs> so weird we to think about. There's good. a lot of players like that, right? Because yeah, there's a lot of players like that that yeah. just didn't get ranked because of the the pandemic and so they're very clearly top 100 right now but they just don't have that stat behind them there's going to be some very high debuts on the next top 100 yeah, really high debuts is jaybook was jaybook ever top 100 nope that's you say yeah i'll say jaybook my finish this year like number two <laughs> I think this J-Boot guy is really going to have some strong performances soon. (laughs) So right now, um, the highest, the highest uh, debut on the top 100 ever. And this is going to be from, you know, if you're below 100, I'm going to count that as not ranked Mm -hmm. Uh, because a few years they've done 101 or like 102, which like kind of muddies the waters, but from going under 100 to top 100, um wizzy did it in 2014 i think he went from unranked to like 29th or something maybe 24th Damn. uh but the record is bananas who did it uh the year when he broke out i think that was 20 was like, god i'm missing time was that 2019 or 2018 oh my god when uh 20 i want to say 18 yeah, 19 the, seems the, like it's too recent the first national arcadian was 2018 i think yeah, because we had a second national Arcadian. Um, so yeah, so bananas in, in the year that he popped off, uh, he got ranked 19. So like, this is a record that seems so you know what? Hey, in a pre-pandemic year, this this seems so tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now it's like, yeah, um, I think Aklo could be ranked above 19th. I think. Uh... I mean, it'll be Jmook, right? Like Jmook is definitely gonna be ranked like. I think there's Top multiple. 10, right? There's a good chance that multiple people who've never been ranked are ranked higher than 19. Yeah, I, I think so. Th- if Crudo continues with his year, I think he could be ranked above 19th. If, uh, hey, Pipsqueak, we love him. He had a great year. If he continues, like, there's all these players are super, super good. So it's really funny because this, this like stat, this record, um, it could it like might just get beaten twice or three times this year, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, it's an interesting thing. Is uh, Null been top one hundred? Null's never been top one hundred. Yeah, that'll be another person too that'll be relatively high. The when he gets ranked, it's fun yeah. to talk to Null about his rank. He's, uh, <laughs> he keeps asserting that he is, and he's like, "No, I'm top one hundred. It's like, well, 
I hate to get technical here, Gio. <laughs> <laughs> I'm higher ranked than Null, you're telling me? <laughs> Enjoy it while you get. Here, here's um here's a question from uh, here's a question from Webs. Ooh. So um hey, this is good because you know we we, we mentioned that you got top thirty two at this tournament, but we didn't really go into it this much. So this one's a good question. Vish, do you have any competitive goals for this year? Ooh. I think I do want to be top 100 again. Uh, right. whenever one, that slot kinda... above Geo. <laughs> one slot above Geo. One slot above Geo. That's all I want. <laughs> That's actually that would be so hard actually to be one slot above Geo. But I think okay, we'll probably my my goal would be um, uh, top 100 again. Whenever that ranking happens, like it's gonna happen again this year, right? Like a top 100. I would I don't imagine. Think anything's been confirmed, but like everything we know is pointing to that. Yeah, so I think that would be probably my goal, like overarching competitive goal. Um, I think like top thirty-two is always a good like place for me to place at a tournament. Um, I think yeah, I think top thirty-two at like a more stacked event than this one would be maybe my goal, like a like a Genesis type thing where there's like a lot of people, you know, like mm-hmm. a lot, a lot of people. Um, I think that would be my goal, like a top. 64 top 32 like a genesis type event and then top 100 if possible but it's hard <laughs> it's it really is hard, hard but i, I do think peaches, it's possible. dude given the peaches and the marths yeah. <laughs> i've seen yeah. the mods yeah <laughs> yeah just give me give me a good bracket give me a, like no sheiks no falcos and then maybe it'll happen which is yeah oh who knows <laughs> Who knows what uh, what'll be thrown your way? We'll we'll see. But no, I I think you're you know definitely, I I, I mean I um I love a comeback. Even though I, it's like not a comeback, I just like love when people who are formerly ranked and have not been ranked top 100 in a few years come back. It's like, I mean, hey, Cactuars, everyone's complaining about Cactuar on Slippy right now. It's like, I I love these players who. It's like That's yeah, dude. Player for, for, like I'm imagining like a slippy zoomer just like getting nared by Cactar like nine times. Yeah. <laughs> I I think there's a ton of people who if they come back, I think they can be ranked. And Vish, I want to tell you this. So, Ooh. you know, I work for the top 100 in a way. I gather stuff together. You know, I'll do all that. Um, I. Every time like a event happens and the photo album comes out, I like catalog everything. So when Zuppy gets ranked, I can like type in Zuppy and have a player photo. Um, I've been cataloging your photos since uh, you know for for a little bit now. So Ooh. I I think you're good enough that where when the year starts and it's Genesis, I'm like this is possible. Possible. I don't want to be caught with my pants down if Vish makes top 100. I think he can do it. Ah, so, thank uh, you, thank you. That's that's got nice some people to hear. out there. I, I like the faith. I like the faith. That makes me feel warm and fuzzy. Thank you. I've got the faith. Um, yeah, <laughs> right, this I, is I too gross. Never mind. I don't, I, don't want, I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> okay. You don't want to talk about this we're anymore. We're giving the sheiks. We're, we're, we're <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Edwin, you don't want to talk about this anymore. Then we're, we're almost done with the show. We've got a nice little quick episode. But before we go, we've got, um, you know, of course, we love our, our last segment here. This is uh, officially unnamed, but uh, known by the fans as uh touching grass so we we talk a lot about melee we spend two hours a week basically talking about melee two hours a week recorded and mm-hmm. a lot more than two hours a week talking about melee uh, but this is kind of an opportunity to talk about stuff that's been going on in our lives that's not melee related stuff that uh you know maybe uh 
gives a bigger insight into us. So I teased something last week. Uh, I think if I didn't tease something, my thing would probably be, I don't know. I rewatched season one of stranger things because I was like, I swear this show is better. And I think it was, but I teased something last week. So I, I must follow up on this. I talked about, um, I've always liked Pokemon, of course, but I, I felt uh, a little, you know, lost in the in the fold when it comes to what my favorite Pokemon is. I feel like I've never really had a good answer. So I decided to just look through a couple that I liked and, and kind of force myself into one. And I'll just go, this is my favorite. Ooh. Because it's fun to just, like, say you have a favorite or something. Um, so I, I have some uh, props here. Uh-oh. I, I did some oh. digging. And I think this one, very high on my list. But I have to go one back. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's uh this is Polyworld right here. I think Polyworld over Polyrath. Interesting. Uh. I I have uh yeah I I thought it'd be fun to like buy little things. I've got a Polywag thing as well. Um, I probably spent I don't know. They were all very cheap, <laughs> but uh probably spent you know maybe when it all combined a little more than I should have. Uh, on this dumb little joke but but yeah i i was like hey i want to have a favorite pokemon so when someone asks i have an answer and even if i like maybe have doubt because i kind of do have doubt because after i bought these ebay recommended some blastoise card to me and i'm like ooh, blastoise is pretty cool i do like that pokemon. blastoise is but pretty cool that the whole the whole idea behind this is that i have to just you know i've got to pick it and stick with it so after a little bit of soul searching, I uh, I decided Poliwhirl. That's my guy. Oh. I love the color blue. I love stripes. He's got, I don't know, maybe they're not stripes, but uh, it's got a, a swirl. swirl. It's very cool. How I does Poliwhirl eat? Is my question to you. Because Poliw- Poliwag has a mouth. Because I just watched you show all three. Poliwag has a little mouth. <laughs> true. Poliwhirl loses the mouth and then very continues true. to not have the mouth. How does that? How does that make you feel about your favorite Pokemon not having a mouth? Um, you know, I don't need to go into you know, the, the details of how they eat. I, I mean, I don't well, know how they, a... how they like lay waste, right? <laughs> there's a lot, there's a lot of questions I have. Come on. Yeah, I think uh, I'm also happy that there's another Melee Stats member with a favorite Pokemon that's a water type. Because as, as some of you might know, uh, my, my pick for favorite Pokemon is Starmie. So, um, that's a great choice. Uh, Starmie's great. Starmie's so another cool. good, uh, Melee Stats, uh, water type, uh, also, if anyone out there um, is interested, so uh, I think a little bit ago, maybe a few years ago, um, but recently there was a leak of a bunch of like beta sprites, and apparently there was a uh, Polyrath beta sprite that was deemed uh, not intimidating enough to make it. So, oh. so uh, I, I think everyone should look it up. It's very funny. It's kind of like a this is what they took from you type Aww. thing. Even though I like the Polyrath we got, this other guy, man, I don't know. What, what what would the world have been if I grew up with this? You know? I kind of like him. <laughs> I just I just saw you said uh, it. Oh my god, that is adorable. It kind of looks like like Polytoad a little bit with the a little bit like that kind of flavor. It's got some Polytoad. It's got a lot of Snorlax. It's got a lot of Snorlax. You're super right. There's a crown on it too. There's a lot going on. It's got shoes. Um, it's got shoes. <laughs> Hey, the other uh, don't have shoes. Yeah, that's they that's don't have cool. shoes, right? No. Do They've they have got gloves? gloves? They still have gloves, but they don't have shoes. God, so yeah, I I would say if anyone's interested, uh, you can just type in Polyrath Beta pops up. Uh, I hey, who knows? A different world where that comes out. I grew up with that. Maybe I had a card of that when I was five. 
maybe that's my favorite. But Thanks. but for now, I pick Poliwhirl. Edwin, what's been going on with your life? God, uh, I don't want to talk. I, I just realized I never concluded the um, Pokemon Stadium draft thing that oh, I introduced to the show. I'd just like to quickly inform everyone I ended up winning. Uh, it was great. It was like me for my birthday party, me and a bunch of my friends uh, did a Pokemon Stadium draft with all the rentals for the free free battle. I had the last pick in the first round, but somehow somehow Starmie and Alakazam both fell to me. Uh, my friends just it, went like in a total. Gengar was the number one pick. My friend just went in a totally different direction. But like that was the only Pokemon game I played growing up, by the way, right? Like I, I don't know. One. But yeah, and I ended up winning, so it was nice. great. Nice. But that's not what I'm going to talk about on our – I'm just bragging. Uh, the, the, actual, <laughs> the actual thing that I'm going to talk about for my uh, Touching Grass segment, we I mentioned this to you before the show. Uh, I'm going to bring this up to you, Vish, and to everyone else who's listening and watching. I've uh, been revisiting Eminem's catalog of music. Uh, just, just, you know, out of curiosity. Um, I li- listened to his stuff growing up. Uh, I liked it. It was edgy. I was a teenager, so I enjoyed it. I still think some of his early stuff is pretty good, like as far as like individual tracks and like songs and stuff that you can just kind of like listen to. I gotta say, um, I think like like as far as like a steep drop off in quality goes, I think the middle of Encore, like that his, that album, is where things just go like very off the rails. And like I think the rest of his career after that is often talked about as kind of like. You know, it's a separate phase of Eminem's career. It doesn't quite live up to, like, you know, the the original reputation he had, like his spot in the industry. But, you know, I, I've been thinking a lot about Encore in general, right? Because it followed up three, like, both commercially successful and, critical, and, and, like, pretty well-received material. And I just think that, like, I think if you get rid of, like, four songs that are just, like, super juvenile and you, like, kind of focus in the rest of the album like in its more sincere ways i think it's almost like it's kind of like now i'm a wait you're a big fan of the sam raimi spider-man series i think it's kind of uh, like i like them yeah no so so you love them they're, they're your favorite it's thing. my favorite thing ever yeah, yeah 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 i think encore is kind of like what the worst critics of spider-man 3 think that uh spider-man 3 is like i think uh it just kind of gives me a similar. It occupies the same spot in my mind. I've just been thinking of Eminem a lot this week for for some reason. It's not even that like I'm a particularly like huge fan of him or whatever. It just suddenly uh I couldn't stop thinking about him, so I just listened to his catalog. So I have a bunch of thoughts on it. Yeah, have <laughs> you uh, have you heard there. his song Fack F A C K? Yes, I have. <laughs> That's the song I thought of when you were telling me the joke shit. <laughs> That song yeah, is insane. <laughs> yeah, he does a lot of like stuff that's like very juvenile. Like it's, it's so not, juvenile. Yeah, it's not even like offensive. It's just like, dude. Yeah. Like, was this like really considered like artistically like boundary pushy? Like, this is of course not. <laughs> yeah, like I, 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 you know what I mean. Like, it's just weird looking back at that stuff and being like, not only is it not like particularly boundary pushy, this is just like childish. <laughs> yeah, no, he's yeah, a real it's, child. <laughs> Yeah, not. And then it's just like juxtaposed with like all his like really serious, angry yeah. stuff. Like, like really angry, like, oh God, like what the hell? And then you have a song like that. Like, what? what yeah, I think it's all I over think, the place. Yeah, I think one of the like real, like weird moments in his career was like, I, I mentioned the middle of Encore, but like the, the specific songs, like Rain Man or like 
or like just lose it and stuff like that it's like it, it's really like this guy's just mailing it in like, mm-hmm. i don't know yeah and that's not even don't even get me started on revival but <laughs> <laughs> hey we we won't we'd be here this is like the batman talk where we'd be here forever <laughs> And we need a we need an alternate like uh, pop culture side pod with like me, wheat, and SF. Well, I told you I had a dream. I took a long nap one time, like an hour and a half nap or a two hour nap, and I woke up and I had a, like a very vivid dream of us just starting a movie podcast. Maybe, <laughs> Which is eh? not what we need. When like the world does not need another movie podcast. The world barely, maybe doesn't even need another melee podcast. But uh... but maybe it needs another podcast featuring you and me and. And SF together. Yes. yes. No, True. you guys are you guys are pretty entertaining. I, I've enjoyed talking <laughs> to you guys. <laughs> I think we're entertaining as well. I think we got we have very uh I think Wheat and I, you know, like we've I feel like the way the you know, no matter which direction the universe turns in or no matter like the alignment of the planets or whatever, Wheat and I will just always be there together. Aww. Uh, to, Aww. I've been thinking about this quite a bit. Well, in between thinking about Eminem. Yeah. yeah, we Eminem, <laughs> very similar people. True, I do think of myself as the Eminem of the melee scene. Yeah, <laughs> what does talent. that even mean? Similar talents too. <laughs> no, uh, who would that be? It's a good question. <laughs> Maybe uh, Aiden when he dyed his hair blonde. Oh God! Oh, no. I forgot he, he dyed his hair blonde. That's true. It looks oh, good I now. Really I think know. it's like a it's like a pinkish. It's not pink, but it's like a like a not salmon. But it's like an orangish pinkish now, which actually looks pretty good. I totally forgot that he dyed his hair. It's so funny seeing people good. dyed hair and then looking back, because I have known him all of, all of his life. I've not known. I don't know <laughs> the entire time I've known him. He's had dark hair. And even the fact that I have not seen him in person yet with this new dyed hair, I've seen it enough on, on like Twitter where like, if I see an old picture, I'll be like, Whoa, <laughs> it's it's yeah. really weird. I yeah. don't know why that is like that. Um, but yeah, Vish, is there uh, anything that's been going on for you in the past like week or so? Ooh, I think since you guys were talking about like stuff you've been delving into, I've uh, we've been watching my girlfriend. And I've been watching a lot of like shitty dating reality show type oh, programs yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. i don't know if you heard of a show called ultimatum but <laughs> we watched that it was yes. it's so it's so trashy it's like, i brought this up trashy. on the show i brought this up on the uh i brought this up on the show for a previous uh segment on this how far oh, are you? you nice nice, yeah, nice. Yeah. how far are you <laughs> Oh man, yeah. I mean, it's just like they they find like the worst people, <laughs> and then, and then yeah. put them into this like it's a crazy show, right? Like the the premise of Ultimatum is that like these couples that want to either get married or one of them wants to get married, the other doesn't want to get married. They go on there, they give them one the the spouse gives the other a ultimatum, uh, and then they see if there's other people on the show that they like more and then they live with them instead for like a month it's just it's crazy one of the ones one of the ones uh the ultimatum was one of them didn't want to have kids and one of them wanted to have kids oh, right? yeah, yeah. which is it was just reasonable yeah. that's like a good i mean that's a reason why people would break up or you know that's a deal breaker 
But I'm thinking, why the fuck would you go on this show? How does this solve anything? <laughs> and while suddenly you don't want kids because you lived with someone else for like three months. I don't think this solves anything here. <laughs> Dude, so I, have you finished watching the show or no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I finished watching Ultimate. Okay, so did you see the reunion episode? Yeah. This just... Yeah, so so I've, uh, I'm, I'm familiar with Love is Blind. I've seen like a lot of reality TV uh, dating shows. That was yeah. kind of like my thing for the last year, I guess. I didn't really realize it was my right. thing until Tove asked me. He was like, so you, he was like, so uh, you've seen a lot of reality TV shows, huh? And I was like, no, not really. And then it hit me. <laughs> I was like, wait, I really have. Anyways, <laughs> the reunion episode for the ultimatum, just for the listeners, is I got to say, so this is like a common thing in Netflix reality TV, TV series now, but I can safely say the reunion episode for the ultimatum, like genuinely was the only reunion episode where like members of the cast were more like traumatized by seeing each other again yeah. versus like happy or like joking about the show and stuff like that shit was genuinely like life changing and maybe yeah. not in like a good way. Like, no. even Love is Blind, the reunion episodes are kind of like everyone's a good, like, most of the people are a good sport, and if they're not a good sport, it, like, stands out, and it, yeah. it doesn't look worse. Whereas, like, in the reunion episode for the ultimatum, literally everyone is going there with, like, the thousand-yard stare or whatever, and they're just, like, yeah. they're, like, revisiting all this, like, intense emotional baggage, like, oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. <laughs> No, that show's crazy. No, yeah, they weren't happy to see each other <laughs> at the end of that. Yeah, it's really a very weren't. unpleasant reunion episode. No, yeah, really bad. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I've yeah, been watching you... more of those than I probably should. <laughs> you unlock something. Uh, when that's, yeah, I, he's the gambling man. And he's the uh, reality, <laughs> reality TV show guy. <laughs> dude when when Toph was like so you're you're into reality tv a lot then right and i initially told him like no not really and then it hit me i was just like oh my god no i am <laughs> it is funny oh, because sometimes shit. we don't realize it others realize it before we do maybe maybe i am a monster <laughs> like <right? laughs> Toph made me realize this i think it was Toph. yeah it was Toph. oh man i don't know you've brought up reality tv shows on on a lot of uh, touching grass segments, so it's hard to say. Yeah, the last one I brought up, I think, was F Boy Island, which is an HBO one because I because I'd, I'd already seen the Netflix ones. So F Boy Island is not good. I would I would not recommend watching it. The Ultimatum and like Love Is Blind, I think, are actually like entertaining, but mm -hmm. uh, but, but F Boy Island is actually like very bad. Like it's it's not it's like there's no structure to it. It's just kind of like random. Yeah, if you like it's those, like, I think I think dating around is pretty good. If you've seen that one, it's like very oh, tame. That, yeah. It's very tame and like it's actually the most realistic. I feel like because it's just a normal day, uh -huh. and then they decide if they want to go on a second date. <laughs> There's like no real stakes. It's not like they're thrown in this thing. So it's actually more wholesome than some of the other shows are or can be. So yeah, I saw ninety day fiance with my uh, with my family, and I forced my in laws to watch it also, which is great. Uh, I haven't seen that one. Huh. Edwin, what you mentioned about um it's not called F Boy is it called Fuckboy Island? No no no, it's literally called F Boy Island. Like it's Jesus. like they, like everyone on the island says F Boy instead instead of Fuckboy. Oh. They they probably the were trying to get it on like ABC or something. They probably didn't they probably filmed yeah, it before they had a network. That's so weird. Um what you say about that it's very funny to me because I have watched uh it, we talked about this on the show. I am I am a uh like a YouTube clicker. There's YouTube searchers. I'm a YouTube clicker. I will just 
and I know it's bad going into it, but I'll just click stuff. Um, so I've watched some like bad videos, but like I think there is some charm in some certain things. Then you ever, <laughs> you ever like watch something knowing it's bad, and then you like want to scratch that itch, so you look at something similar, and you're just like, this is just bad. <laughs> like the other thing was bad, but I liked it. This is just bad. I don't know how they yeah. did a worse job at something I already thought was not good. <laughs> how did they do this? It's impressive it's, how bad it is. <laughs> it's weird. It's like I never thought this was quality, but somehow this was worse than the other thing. So well, it goes I, back I, to the thing that well, it's, it's that thing we always talk about wheat, wheat, right? Or actually, no, it's just it's just me that talks about this sometimes. Okay. Don't get into dynamic ceiling. We're going to be here forever. <laughs> yeah, I guess it is kind of like a twisted version of the of uh, Eric's obsession with the dynamic ceiling. So, so Vish, as for reference, like Andy, if you ever talk to him about like art or like movies, uh, he's almost scared. Like he loves this concept more than he loves like me or any of his friends, right? So he loves this concept of the dynamic ceiling, like that that stories have to like, it's like a climactic point, right? That, uh -huh. that, you know, a story develops, there's stakes, there's kind of like an end goal, and then there's like a dynamic ceiling, right? Like Eric uh, loves this concept. He's actually incapable of talking about movies without bringing this concept of the dynamic. <laughs> no, I'm just being mean. Anyway, so, but I kind of have a reverse thing that, that goes into what, uh, what we were talking floor. about like being a, yeah. So like <laughs> sometimes when I see something that's terrible, I want to see it like fully resolve. I need to see like a hint of something bad being brought to like its logical extreme so that I can finally walk away from it and be like, it can't get worse. Like oh. this is what it stands for. This is why it's repulsive. These are all the ways it's repulsive. And that's why this is bad. You kind of want it to like lean into it, like be as bad as it can possibly be. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes, yeah. I'm a, I'm a bit of a masochist that way. <laughs> I'm learning so much about you too. <laughs> yeah. So, with Aunt, well, with Ambi, there's a dynamic ceiling. With me, there's a dynamic floor. And we, he's, he's, you got the I'm clicking. The dynamic for, window. Yeah, dynamic, dynamic, dynamic middle. He's the, yeah, the dynamic middle. Dynamic, uh, like first floor of the house. Uh, yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully we'll have you on again so we can uh, you can learn more about this because this is a great <laughs> experience apparently. We'll get Mr. We'll get Mr. Dynamic Ceiling also on here, Eric. But but as for now, Vish, you know, this has been a really great episode. Um, of course I want to ask where people can find you, but before we do that, we talked about the beginning of the show. We also just gonna talk about the end as well. Um, I mean if you hurry at the beginning, I'm sure you don't need to hear it again but just to yeah. reiterate um yeah i mean there there is a gofundme right now for chilling uh anything helps and uh the the number is changing right the, the goal is changing uh and that is not indicative of anything other than the truth of the matter that there is a lot of money that goes into stuff like this and that this is uh unfortunately going to be something where they probably need all that money and maybe even more um, the recovery of something like this is something that's going to go on for a little bit. So anything you can give, right. There's, there's not an amount that's too much to give for something like this because everything is needed. Um, so whatever you're able to give is great. And, and of course, make sure to signal boost this uh, and signal boost the uh, tournament that's coming up from uh, homemade waffles, the rollback rumble. That's going to be a fundraiser tournament for this. That's going to be really good. There's going to be some exhibitions, I believe. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's there's really nothing more i can say about this chillin is one of those people who uh, 
we talk about people who get taken for granted. I think Chillin is definitely in that category. He is a person who, as a player, is amazing, but even through that, as, as a community member, has just given so much for so many years. And um, if you're newer to the scene, there's probably so much that you don't realize that he's been involved with. Uh, and even if, you know, even if you're not newer to the scene, you might not understand all that he's been giving to the scene. Um, so, you know, we, we love this community so much for being close-knit and everything like that. And, and I think that this is a really wonderful uh, thing that we've already been going doing. He's already uh, had a lot of money raised. So I don't think there's any reason to stop now. You yeah. can, uh, if you're in the Twitch chat right now, you can do exclamation mark chillin'. You can find the link to that. If you're not, you can probably find it through Chillin GoFundMe uh, and through various other, I'm all over Twitter. So please do so because this is definitely something that we want to see resolved. Yeah. Sweet, man. Thanks. Thanks for all plugging that a couple times over the course of the show. Really appreciate it. I, I mean, even without you on, of course, I, I want to make sure that something like this, this is something that, uh, I really do view as important and I view as emblematic of what we as a melee scene can do. Right. You know, it, it's already over $250,000. It's only been a few days and I hope to see that number rise again because any help, you know, will go a long way. Uh, But Vish, if people want to follow you, where can they do so? Uh, Twitter is really primarily the main thing I use. So at vicious Vish, and then I kind of use Instagram a little bit too, but I think that's a underscore vicious fish or vicious fish underscore one of those it's on my twitter uh, yeah vicious fish underscore yeah because someone took vicious fish for some reason on on instagram the bastard it just has one post from like 20 years ago that never gets that never gets updated there's so many out there of the of like the perfect melee tag that's taken by someone in 2010 right yeah one day we'll go and buy them all back. Amsa can finally have Amsa. Yeah, that's that is crazy. Dang. But uh, yeah, you've been wonderful having on. I, I know this has been something that we've been trying to get you on for a little bit. Just has, hasn't always worked out. So I'm really glad that we ended up getting you on because this has been a really fun episode. No, that was a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. And uh, yeah, just like you mentioned, you know, thanks for understanding like the previous times I couldn't come on. But <laughs> I definitely want to do this again. If you guys ever need a guest in the future, let me know. Hey. For sure. Yeah. And then you uh, two also like the fifth time. The fifth What's time? that? Oh, we can't have you on a fifth yeah, time. Yeah, we can't have you on five times, only four. What's what's the Unfor- uh, unfortunately for us, if you're on five times, we you get a melee staff jacket. Ooh, is that so... a thing? <laughs> I want no a melee staff jacket. No one has been on it five times at this point. I said it as a joke like three years ago, and now people are actually on. We've had a lot of great guests who have been on four times, and now it's like <laughs> it's a big question. Well, <laughs> do, do we do we get Aiden on again, or do we have to make a jacket? You know, um, but yeah, it, I, I'm definitely happy to see you on at least four times. We'll consider yeah. what's going on from there, but at least four times because I think you've been a wonderful guest, and, and I really appreciate your time. Yeah, no, I appreciate you two as well, because both of you have definitely sent me stats of the past for, like, commentary purposes and things of that nature. So I really appreciate it, you know. You're both definitely helped a lot. Of course, man, of course. And uh, I appreciate everyone for watching. Uh, Thank you for tuning into this episode, and we will uh, be back soon. (laughs) See you guys. Peace. See you guys.